2: From the jet.com digital studios this is play like a jet my name is scott mason you can follow me on twitter at play like a jet one and it is time for the midweek news and notes and so for that we bring in our friend covering the jets for nj.com mr daryl slater daryl what's going on sir
1: Not too much, man. Thanks for having me on here, as always. Good to catch up with you,
2: Daryl. I'm glad that you were able to fit me into your schedule, being that today you were hobnobbing with somebody of much more importance than myself. In fact, I believe it was a two-time Super Bowl winner.
1: Well, you know, he didn't have much choice. He was (laughs) he was at a charity event. (laughs) Eli Manning was, and uh, it's not like he was he chose to go hang out with me. But yeah, so Eli Manning did a little Make a Wish event down in Central Jersey, and uh, went down there for that to chat with him a little bit about Giants stuff and he was good. He did a good job at the event and uh was, you know, polite enough. Didn't make any headlines, typically Eli Manning, but uh a little, you know, off season y type stuff and there's a lull before the draft where we're just looking for some something or anything to write about. So
2: Daryl, you're selling yourself short. I have it on good authority that Eli Manning only held that event because he wanted to spend some time with you. So,
1: <laughs> If only. If only.
2: <laughs> well, there were some Jets players that did spend some time with the media today. The two newest ones, Vinny Curry and Sheldon Rankins. Sheldon Rankins said that the Jets have as much talent on defense as anybody else in the league. And he also said that a big part of the reason that he signed with the Jets is because he feels that he can be a very impactful attacker in Robert Sala's defense. He said, with me feeling healthy again and feeling back to myself, I feel like I can slide right in and do nothing but dominate in that defense. Vinny Curry said he had no hesitation about signing with the Jets despite the fact that it's been a while since they've had a winning season. He said Robert Sala and Joe Douglas were the key to him signing here and that he really likes where they're trying to take the team. So nothing earth-shattering here, Daryl, but they're both in town, they both spoke to the media, and now they're both officially Jets.
1: Yep, uh, Vinny Curry, Jersey guy from uh, Neptune, I believe, a homecoming for him, and so obviously in the twilight of his career, getting to become, come home, be a situational pass rusher for Robert Sala in this in his four-three defense, and uh, yeah, I think you know Rankins is a guy who uh, was had lost his starting job in in New Orleans. Obviously, has something to prove here with the Jets. Still fairly young, former first-round pick, and I remember when he signed. Uh, someone in the national media rap for maybe just tweeted an old video where Rankins gave like some amazing quotes. So like, Oh, the New York media is going to love this guy. So that quote is right in, in there, obviously very bold, right in line with the, with that, with the, being a great quote. Uh, uh, yeah, I, it only really matters if he plays well. I mean, at this point, no one really cares a lot about what he has to say, <laughs> um, just because he's not a guy of enormous stature, but you know, uh, uh, obviously very confident guy, bold quote there talking about dominating i mean that's obviously not true about their defense being one of the best in the league it's like not you know they have a lot of pieces up front but they they're as we know and i'm sure we'll discuss here with mock draft projections and all that their cornerback situation is a disaster as everybody knows so um yeah i think that there's another there's some pieces on this defense but uh obviously holes as well
2: one of the holes is that quarterback where the Jets are going to draft somebody new, but the guy that was their quarterback the last three years spoke to the media. For the first time since being traded, it sounded better sweet for him. He was sad to be leaving, but happy to be getting an opportunity to do well somewhere else. Some key quotes in here that I'm going to let you hit on, Daryl, but one thing that I thought was funny, and I tweeted this out, was he said that his dream was to win multiple Super Bowls in New York for the Jets, And I tweeted something along the lines of, my dream was to become a billionaire and marry Robin Givens. Instead, I ended up starting the Play Like a Jet podcast. So you'll be fine, Sam. Dreams change. (laughs) That was my moral of the story, that I didn't end up a billionaire with Robin Givens as my wife, but instead I'm doing this show with you, Daryl. So that was one of the things that stuck out to me. (laughs) But there were quite a few others that he talked about, including the fact that he's excited to be getting a fresh start with Matt Rule in Carolina. And, of course, reuniting with Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I think that's uh, you know Sam Darnold was typical Sam Darnold,
1: um, you know not going to make any huge headlines, but he was saying it was you know obviously a relief to get traded, being in limbo hasn't been the case for anyone in any kind of walk of life uh, was very difficult for him, um, and uh, so you know I thought well, here's the thing, first of all they gave the Panthers gave him to their in-house media first, which if that that wouldn't I'm going to say that would never happen with the Jets because of the the beat reporters with the Jets would raise absolute hell if if, if they did that. And some teams do that and, and whatever if they want to do that, but it's very lame, at least from our perspective. And uh, a beat group like our here would not would, would would absolutely not stand for that. Anyway, the quotes that he gave to the in-house guy. Uh, Darren Gann, who used to work at PFT, were actually really good. Like they were much better than what he said on the Zoom. He was talking about you know, feeling... He gave watered-down versions of these on the Zoom call, but talking about feeling unwanted by the Jets, um, and by the time he did the Zoom, he's saying the same stuff again a few hours later. So... Uh, and he was like, that he was wanted by the Panthers. So obviously he was stung by the trade and then he, he feels like he has some read between the lines here. I mean, the guy feels like he has something to prove and he wants to prove Joe Douglas wrong. I mean, he didn't say that, but you can obviously tell that. Um, so that was from his little media tour there. Um, mini media tour, I guess was where my kind of takeaways that Sam Donald feels like he can still win in this league and that he feels like, um, um, he's plenty motivated to do that. Now, obviously, with Robbie Anderson, I did a little piece today on uh, Joe Douglas admitted letting Robbie Anderson walk was the wrong decision. We'll see if letting Sam Darnold go was the wrong decision as well. I I would say that this probably has less of a chance to be the wrong decision than the Robbie Anderson move was, but um, uh, you look at the games that Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold played together. If you go back and look at all the stats, the Darnold numbers are pretty okay, right? I think he probably has like an, I had it in the story today, 81-ish, 82 quarterback rating in those games compared to like 10 points lower in games where he didn't have Robbie Anderson. And of course, most of those games came last year. So um, he liked playing with Robbie Anderson. Not like he was a pro bowler with Robbie Anderson, but he was better with him. Uh, now, if if the Jets had replaced Robbie Anderson with a similar quality receiver, you could say, right, I mean, maybe the numbers would have, would have bore that out, but we all know what happened with brashad perriman and we all know what happened with how robbie anderson played in carolina so this is a chance for you know robbie anderson to give sam Darnold a boost and help him prove joe douglas wrong and, and again sam Darnold has a long way to go before he can do that and i i think he knows that
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons 18 plus play like a jet play like a jet
2: sam Darnold has a long way to go to prove the jets wrong and zach wilson is going to have a long way to go to prove the jets right if he's the pick at number two, we're all expecting that. Mel Kuyper, one of the people who's expecting that, he's got a brand new mock draft out now. He's got the Jets picking Zach Wilson at number two overall. And then at number 23, he's got them picking Northwestern cornerback Greg Newsom, And at number 34, he has them taking Travis Etienne, the running back out of Clemson. I'm not sure I would go with ETN at 34, but at 34 as opposed to 23, I could live with it because the theory would be you're getting a dynamic weapon for the new quarterback and taking some of the pressure off of him. Love the idea of getting Newsom. Excellent corner at Northwestern, which as you touched on earlier, Daryl, the Jets desperately need somebody like that. They've got nothing at corner right now. Bless Austin, Javelin, Gidry. And the only one that was good last year was Bryce Hall, who played only a handful of games after being on injured reserve for a significant portion of the season. And also, of course, being a fifth-round rookie out of Virginia. So I like it. If that's how everything played out on draft night, I wouldn't object at all. Of course, it probably isn't going to be how things play out on draft night because these draft experts are never right in their projections as far as who these teams are going to pick. But once again, interesting as we get closer and closer to the actual draft coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I
1: skimmed through that mock earlier and obviously just set aside the Wilson projection because that's a given now. But um, the Newsom one, I wanted to see who, who he had cornerback-wise going ahead of, of Newsom. And, uh, of course, Patrick Sertain, Caleb Farley um, were ahead of, of Newsom. And J.C. Horn, he has, I think, going 16 to Arizona now or at least in the middle of the first round. So that J.C. Horn was a guy who was projected to the Jets, maybe there at 23. So would Joe Douglas feel comfortable taking the fourth corner there? I mean, if Horn's there as the third corner off the board, he's got to feel pretty good about that. Um, it's not like this projection has him passing on J.C. Horn. So I think the question becomes: um, Is this uh, is this a situation where Joe, Joe Douglas likes the fourth corner enough to make to pull the trigger on that on that? Uh, pick there or does he try to fill another need there so yeah i mean newsom's a guy who played in the big 10 and was tested against really good competition um obviously just like horn in the sec and um i, I really don't see a situation where certain or farley would be there for um for the jets at 23 but um it, i'm sure they're hoping potentially that they could have their pick of horn or um or maybe you know if if Najee harris is there or etn they they'd have to thing walking hard about Maybe making that pick maybe a little high, obviously, for a running back if you, you take that position in the first round, as we've discussed. So, uh, yeah, I, that's a fine enough projection, I guess. You know, who knows how these things play out um, in terms of whether these guys are going to actually um, become good players. But uh, I saw another projection that uh, had the Jets taking, um, I forget where it was, that the Georgia edge rusher, Aziz and Joari, I guess is his last name. I don't know how to pronounce that exactly. but um, So they certainly have a lot of needs, right? They have an outside linebacker need. That they have running back need. they have needs. They have multiple uh, cornerback needs. They have some issues on their offensive line that they could address. So it's hard to really pin this down and say Joe Douglas is going to do this with that 23 pick or that, that first pick in the second round. Those are enormous picks. I mean, everyone's going to focus on Wilson, uh, of course, and rightly so, but those two picks will go a long way, also, um, to determining if this Jets team is any good. Because remember, as we talked about last time, you got to put some talent around this guy. Um, and if he does his part, and you don't put talent around him, then it's a waste, right? Um, or you know, maybe it's like 0-9 and '10, where the Jets were able to put some talent around Mark Sanchez, and Sanchez wasn't able to do his part. So if they can get those two married up, um, then they maybe can actually win some <laughs> win some games. But it'll take more than just making the Wilson pick to do that. Those two, next two picks are also franchise altering picks. I mean, that's not understating it, given the number of holes they have in their roster, and given, um, not overstating it, I should say, and given the, um, the way that Joe Douglas wants to build this thing through the draft.
2: No question about it, and I do find it interesting that so many mock draft experts are having the Jets pick a corner at number 23. In fact, PFF had them picking Greg Newsom as well. doesn't necessarily mean anything other than the fact that everybody knows that the Jets need a corner, but as you said, Daryl, they need a lot of other positions, including quarterback. We all assume it's going to be Zach Wilson, but the Jets are going to be represented at Justin Fields' second pro day, In Columbus, along with the Broncos and several other teams, it is worth noting, according to Albert Breer, though, that there will be other players working out there as well for Ohio State, including Sean Wade, who could be in the mix for the Jets with a pick somewhere in the mid-rounds. I know he underachieved, but there's some talent there, so teams could take a swing at him. In the middle of the draft, I don't really think that this means a lot. Obviously, the Jets are going to do their due diligence. There are people that are trying to make more out of this than there is, I suspect. But ultimately, the Jets have a duty to continue to investigate until the day of the draft. If Fields is having a pro day, there's no reason why they wouldn't be there, even if they're pretty much settled on Zach Wilson. I mean, it's the job of the freaking GM, mm-hmm. the co- college scouting director or whoever, to go to these things. Like, mm-hmm. what What
1: else are they going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so Ohio State has a ton of talent, right? Oh, now we're good. We're not going to go. Yeah, we're right. just going to sit around any subway at one Jets drive and do nothing or watch film or whatever. I mean, there's value in being at these things. It's not like you have to travel to the Arctic Circle to go to freaking Columbus, you know, so just get on a plane and go to Columbus and watch the thing. I mean, I don't... Think that any, I don't think that any you know, team that has as many premium picks as the Jets and is and is looking at a school like Ohio State that has as many premium prospects is, is thinking that this is even like a question mark of whether they would go to that type of pro day. Of course they're going to go. That's what they are paid to do. That's what the GM is paid to do, especially when he's got a college scouting background and he wants to build through the draft. Of course he's going to be at a pro day where there's a lot of good prospects. Um, and, yeah, one of them happens to be Justin Fields. And – yeah, I'm sure he, Joe Douglas has a huge uh, file on, on Justin Fields. He did, he did a lot of research on these quarterbacks in this draft. Um, so of course he, he weighed his options there, um, just because conventional wisdom says that you know Wilson is better than is a better prospect than Fields. You know, it doesn't mean that's the case. Number one, but at some point you have to reach that conventional wisdom somehow, right? And it's that people who know. Things about you know how these guys look uh, and know uh, oh, uh, their potential. Did a lot of studying on them, and Joe Douglas, of course, is one of those guys. And you know, yeah, it sure seems like he agrees with the general conventional wisdom that Zach Wilson is, is better than Justin Fields. But it's not like he reached that conclusion, you know, that presumable conclusion by just uh, you know going along with what everybody else said. Right? <laughs> he had to like watch some stuff of Fields and had to like. Uh, you know had to do his own put his own eyes on these guys so yeah I mean again what else is he going to do like it's his <laughs> job so uh, and, and like you said Sean Wade's an interesting prospect uh, Jets have a need at corner his stock really fell big time I, um, he was a guy potentially he was talked about being a first round pick I think the Jets had someone some had projected him to the Jets with that second first round pick last season but didn't have a great year last year. And, um, and, you know, let's see what, what happens. I mean, you know, certainly guys like look at like Richard Sherman wasn't a high pick and he wound up being a great player. So doesn't necessarily mean much that a guy had a somewhat down year and maybe he turns it around in the NFL. So yeah. And he's a fascinating player who has some question marks about him. So yeah, of course a cornerback needy team is going to be there. Um, So yeah. And plus, there's like a Subway in Columbus probably, too, if he really wants to eat Subway. He can go to one in Columbus, sit on the sideline there, eat a sandwich, nice day, watch football. I mean, it beats big beach digging ditches, right?
2: You know what's really disappointing? The fact that there are so many incredible delis in the New York, New Jersey area, and yet we're talking about Subway.
1: I don't know why I threw that out there. I just did. I just—I was thinking of a <laughs> of a very bland thing to do, right? I mean, like what you—I haven't had Subway in probably ten years.
2: So, <laughs> you've been on the subway far more often than you've eaten Subway, I would imagine. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Last order of business, Daryl. I thought this was amusing. A lot of Jets fans were really upset about it. So, Mark Schlereth, who of course is a three-time Super Bowl champion offensive lineman, he's been a pundit. For a long time, talking about football on the radio, on television, for a variety of different outlets. He was on the Pat McAfee show, and he said that he had his doubts about Zach Wilson just because the Jets were picking him, and the Jets don't typically know what they're doing, and they were sending him into a situation that on paper was no better than the one that Sam Darnold was sent into. A lot of people got all upset about that. And so Mark Schlerth made a video with a quote-unquote apology. And he's sitting there in the video with his Broncos helmet on, wearing his three Super Bowl rings. If you haven't seen this video, I highly recommend checking it out. He basically talks about how he's sorry to the Jets fans for saying what he said And that he believes in Robert Sala And then he holds up his three fingers And points to each of the rings And then when he gets to the ring That represents the 1999 Super Bowl He drops the other two fingers And basically it's a middle finger to the Jets fans Clearly tongue-in-cheek But the thing that I thought was fascinating about this, Daryl, was that so many Jets fans got so angry at Schlereth for this, despite the fact that, as we both know, Jets fans have been saying the exact same stuff themselves forever. It's where same old Jets came from. I guess it cuts differently when it's from an outsider. Now, some people have said he was a jerk, and I can't believe he said it this way, and he had no tact, but I think that was the whole point. He's a media personality and he intentionally went over the top with this because he wanted it to be campy and he wanted it to be tactless. That was the way it was intended. And if you're getting mad at it, I feel like you're not in on the joke. And look, I understand. Your natural instinct is to defend the team that you root for. But still, this wasn't somebody who was being super serious about what he was saying. He was just goofing around. So I want to get your take on this because... I know that you've talked to Schlereth yourself in the past, and while he's insightful when he's being serious, he also has this playful side that came out on this video.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, he was obviously goofing around and, uh, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I guess Jets fans are like, you know, you can talk bad about your own family, but if if someone else from the outside (laughs) says that, you know, all bets are off, right? You know, Jets fans can be self-loathing, uh, forever, uh, and can bemoan their team. But, hey, if someone else points that out, no, 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 So I get it. It's a natural inclination to kind of defend your own tribe in in that regard. Uh, But, yeah, like, so Mark Schliert urinated on himself during games because (laughs) so people wouldn't want to, like, you know, so he could deter defensive linemen, basically. (laughs) So this is a guy, you expect him to be subtle? Like, I mean, that's not really what he does. Um, You know, he plays up. In this case, that kind of heel um, mentality, in in kind of a goofy way, um, and so, and yeah, nothing wrong with it. It's sports. It's entertainment. It's supposed to be fun. He's, you know, he's not literally saying "f you." Like he, you know, he's 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 goofing on, you know, the the whole the whole you know premise that he offended them, right? You know, if you want to be really offended, you know, look at this type of thing. Uh, yeah. So he. he I, I talked to him before for a story, I think last year, for a story on Andrew Thomas, who was really struggling. And Marshall was super candid. I mean, and that's what you want from an analyst, you know, like that. You want a guy to be really candid and um, speak his mind and not be bland. And he certainly wasn't bland in that case. And, um, and it rarely is, and rarely has been throughout his career. So, this is what you expect as a player or an analyst, right? So, this is what you expect. Um, from that, And uh, hey, look, I think his, getting back to his overall point, so, yeah, like the Jets have made a lot of bad decisions, right? That doesn't mean that this regime with Robert Sala, that argument doesn't really hold a lot of weight because it's not like Woody Johnson is making the pick, right? You, you know, all right Woody Johnson, Chris Johnson, they've made some bad decisions. So that argument holds weight for, do you trust them hiring Joe Douglas or Robert Sala? Okay. Cause they made those decisions and really Joe Douglas hired Robert Sala, but you know, do you t- trust them hiring Joe Douglas? Okay. So that's, you could make that decision, that comparison for, Hey, Chris Johnson made bad decisions. Woody, they haven't had a great track record. Can you trust him with this? This is not their decision. And like a lot of the decisions football wise in the past, yes, have been made by people they hire, but we not directly made by them. And so this isn't Mike mccagna is gone. Like John Isik's gone. Like, so, yeah, give Joe Douglas a chance. I mean, has he made some good decisions? Sure. Some bad ones, certainly. But um, the past history doesn't really have much bearing on this. Now, the the other part of what he said was totally—we've talked about it on here—was completely valid, um, and, and is very much real. Like, do they have enough pieces so that they're not going to look at this in two years and say they still don't? Two, three years and say they still don't know about Zach Wilson? Just like with Sam Darnold, right? Are we going to be in the same situation? after what the 2021 2023 uh, season where we're looking at Zach Wilson say, well, maybe, maybe not, but he didn't have a great cast around. So that is totally valid. Like, I think that we've talked about the Jets not being a great quarterback incubator and people have talked about that. You know, Shalareth brought it up, Dan Orlovsky talked about it. And so, yeah, that's, I think, I don't know why Jets fans wouldn't want to acknowledge that reality. That's very much the reality. Um, but, uh, yeah. Hey, I, you know what? I hadn't seen the video. Like I've been out of the loop on some stuff. First thing I'm doing when we get off is I'm going to eat dinner, watch that video and probably have a good laugh. And that's what, <laughs> that's what Mark Schlereth gets paid good money to be an analyst because he can incorporate that type of personality and that type of funny nature with, you know, talking about sports. He's not just up there talking about zone blocking, right? Because that's not, that's not what moves an needle. That's not what people actually really care about. So um, I have to check that out. I, I did not know about it until you mentioned it to me, but the description sounds qu- honestly fantastic, and, and I'm, I can't wait to see that.
2: Daryl, just so you know, I sent it to your phone, so as soon as you get done eating dinner, it'll be right there for you. Just click, and you can watch the video. I think the two points that you hit on are legit. Number one, listen, as of right now, this roster is still not great, It may be different after the draft, but we don't know yet. So I think what Schlereth said makes some sense there. As of this moment, it's not like Zach Wilson would be going into a great situation. Yes, better coaching, no question about it. But he's still going to need a better supporting cast, and Joe Douglas will have to do a good job in the draft of helping to provide him with one. The other one is, as you said, and this is totally true, what Joe Douglas is doing or has done already has nothing to do with previous regimes, but the history of the organization is such that they've built a reputation And the only way for them to shake that reputation is for Joe Douglas and his team to build a consistent winner. So if they can do that, then there won't be any more same old Jets jokes. There won't be any more guys like Mark Schlereth using the Jets as a punchline. But for now, there's a reason why the team has this reputation. And so that's what's going to happen when a guy like Mark Schlerth gets the opportunity to make a joke at the Jets' expense. Also, as I said, I don't think anybody should get upset by this. He was clearly just trying to bait Jets fans and messing around. I don't think he was being serious. I don't think he hates Jets fans. I don't think he hates the Jets. I think he made... A comment during McAfee's show. A lot of people got angry about it. And so he leaned into it. And as you said, Daryl, played the heel. I've said many times that I think so many people would understand so many aspects of life better if they watched pro wrestling and understood the psychology of the baby faces and the heels and the way all this stuff plays out. So I think this is another example of that. He was just playing the heel. And I thought the video was really, really funny. I didn't take it as disrespectful. I just saw it as him being tongue-in-cheek and trying to get a reaction out of Jets fans, which clearly he succeeded in doing. Daryl Slater, covering the Jets for NJ.com. Thank you so much for coming on, as always. Really appreciate it. After you watch that Mark Schlereth video, I know you've got plenty of other work to do. So once you stop laughing at the entertainment value of the Schlereth video, what have you got going up over at NJ.com? Yeah, we'll have
1: a, obviously I'll be writing some stuff off the Eli Manning uh, thing today. Uh, obviously not Jets related there, but we'll more stuff looking forward as the week goes on to the draft because that's that's the big thing coming up. Obviously, so so what is today? As you and I are talking on Tuesday, and uh, what two days and two weeks or two days and three weeks? Two days and two weeks, right? Till mm-hmm. draft. So things are cranking up, and we're looking ahead at. What's next for Zach Wilson for the Jets? I did a little piece earlier this week, kind of forecasting. We don't know the schedule yet. We know the, you know, home and road opponents. So I did a little thing, which will be his toughest games. I think that'll be interesting to look at. Obviously we don't know if he's going to start from week one. Right. So, um, but there's some interesting ones in there. I, you know, I didn't realize the Broncos defense was actually so good last year and they add, you know, bring back Justin Simmons. They add Kyler, Kyler, Kyle Fuller. uh, And so, uh that will be a game, even though Drew Lock doesn't scare anybody, that will be an interesting challenge for Zach Wilson, presuming he starts it. You know, we, know, we don't know when it's going to be. So that's up there on our site and uh, a lot of other stuff. Basically, if you look on the Jets page, there's Zach Wilson in almost every headline. You know, I mean, people can just stop emailing me and saying, you don't know that Joe Douglas is going to draft him. <laughs> okay, I don't know. That's That's fine. I'm still going to write about Zach Wilson like he's going to be the pick. Okay, so. You know sue me or, or don't whatever <laughs>
2: <laughs> Please so, don't yeah, sue Daryl always... Because even though he did nothing wrong I don't want him to have to pay for lawyers To fend off your frivolous lawsuit So <laughs> do not be suing Daryl We would greatly appreciate it Also greatly appreciate it if we would check out All the great work we're doing over at Playlikeajet.com Tommy Griffin Krantz made his debut With a fantastic piece outlining some options For the Jets at number 23 Clayton Smarslock's got his latest model Draft up there. Our YouTube channel is booming right now with Luke Grant's prospect profiles. He did one on Aziz Jalari breaking down why he'd be an intriguing option at twenty-three. He did one on the aforementioned Greg Newsom, the cornerback from Northwestern, and why Greg Newsom has the makings of a number one cornerback potentially. We've got Kayla Pace and Pace's playbook once a week, so she's doing great commentaries. We've also got Play Like a Jet Live, and that's in conjunction with U-Stadium. That's Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. So much more. So check out playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets' podcast and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Lucky Land Casino asking
0: people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.